This is the Law School Show. Yo, yo, Reesh. How's it going, man? You feeling good? Are you back in school or what? Yeah, uh, I am fully, fully back. It's taken only about three weeks and 75% of my September, but I'm finally embracing the process of being back in school and digging into my course material in a, in a positive and meaningful way. Self-edification, my man. Like they say, right? Better late than never. That's right. So even if it's uh, late September, <laughs> welcome to the party. Thank you. So guys, welcome to episode number four of the Law School Show. This has been a very exciting journey for both Chris and I thus far. Uh, thanks a lot for all the support that you have been sending via your emails and uh, just stopping us in the hallways and uh, having a chat with us. We really, really appreciate it. But there's one very interesting email that we received. And uh, Chris, do you want to speak a bit about that email? Absolutely. We had a request to highlight some of the more unique questions that could potentially be posed during the OCI interviews. So, Rishi and I have taken it upon ourselves to enter into the wild jungle and hunt down the most obscure questions that have been posed to students in OCI's past. We've been collecting those and will post a Law School Show resources episode that summarizes all of those questions that will be available to you next week. Check it out. And along with that, we will also be posting some tips and tricks for one or two days before the OCIs in the sense, what are some things you should be doing uh, a day or so before your OCI and also some things you can do the day of your OCIs. So all of those episodes will be launching next week. In uh, our second announcement, iTunes channel is also live. We will be posting a link in the description below that will allow you to access that channel. But in the meantime, if you want to go ahead, you can uh, just search for the Law School Show in iTunes as well, which will give you access to the channel. Subscribe. Make it available on your devices. Download it. Take it with you. And don't be afraid to leave a review. Let Rishi and I know what you think of the content. We'd appreciate it. I think that kind of rhymed, man. That's pretty good. Just happened by happenstance. <laughs> and back to the episode that we have for you today. It's a very, very exciting episode with a litigator from Toronto, and uh, Chris will give you a bit more information about uh, who we have for you today. Catherine Esau, what a delight it was speaking with her. Catherine is an associate at Steichman Elliott. She practices commercial litigation with a focus on bankruptcy and insolvency law. Catherine and I talk about how she decided to work in that practice area, what it means, how many hours a week she works, a month, um, the finer points of how she became what she is now, how she sees her career developing into the future. She gives a lot of advice for law students, um, and she also had a clerking experience, which she talks about a little bit. So if that is something you think you might be interested in, this is uh, an episode for you. So without any more bantering, let's, uh, let's roll it, Rish. Episode number four. Here it is, guys. Catherine. Hello, thanks, Chris. Thanks for being here today. Oh, thanks. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, appreciate it. So let's jump right in. Um, describe your career path from the first day of your second year summer in law school to now. First day of my second year summer in law school. Okay, so I started, I actually didn't start where I am now. Mm -hmm. 
actually didn't start at Stipe and Elliott, but um, so I started at another large firm in Toronto, and I started in the litigation group. It was really, really fun. It was a really fun summer. Um, one of the things that got me, that stood out in my mind the most, and that has really come with me through my career is um, how involved I was able to get in litigation files, and not just like as a summer student, but you also, they, there was like a lot of emphasis on shadowing and training, and you know, so you were going to court with people and kind of seeing what your career as a litigator would be like at all levels, which I really, really, really liked. Um, then I, and actually prior to that, I had applied for and received a clerkship so I summered knowing that I wasn't going to be articling, and then I uh, finished off my third year of law school, focused on litigation and business, litigation type courses, and then I articled. I was lucky enough to work for 30 different judges, so they had... 30? 3-0? 3-0. So it was at the trial court in Toronto, uh, the Superior Court, and the way it works is they're like three rotations, and each rotation you have 10 judges, so okay. um, you get... There are, obviously, half of them never use you. Uh, you know, the other three use you about 50% of your workload, and then two of them use you really, really heavily. Um, so I was, I was lucky that I got to, um, I was the only clerk who was really interested in corp the corporate area of litigation. So I got to work with all of the corporate judges. I spent most of my time on the commercial list. Nice. Clerking was amazing. If I could go back and do it again, even right now, with the massive pay cut and no benefits, I would. <laughs> You got locked out of the building after 6.30, so wow. if you left for dinner, that was it. You just went home. <laughs> it was awesome. And, and that's when, actually, the thing that stands out most in my mind about that part of my training was that I found out that I really liked insolvency law. So I clerked for a lot of commercialist judges. One of them kind of turned to me one day and said, you know, if you want to be in court all the time, the best way to do that is to be an insolvency lawyer. And I kind of looked around, and it was 2009. Every Insolvency was hot, like Nortel, CanWest, they were all going on. Mm -hmm. um, so I did a lot of insolvency work, and then I looked for an insolvency job, and I found one at Stipe Elliott, so I came over here, and I'm in the insolvency group right now, which is a subgroup of the litigation floor. And are you are a fourth-year associate? I'm a fourth-year, so I've been okay. here for four years. Um, the first couple years are still a blur. <laughs> Lots of yeah. late nights and being overly caffeinated and kind of giving up a lot of things. Um, but the learning curve is like this, right? Uh -huh. So the first couple of years are really tough. You're, you know, every day you realize how much you don't know and you feel like an idiot. And then by the time you get to kind of second year, third year, and now where I am in fourth year, you're pretty comfortable and um, you're really kind of straining at the bit to do some, some more things to get more responsibility. So it's Amazing. funny the way that happens. Yeah. I know. We're always hungry for that challenge. I think that's a key personality trait when it comes to someone who's in law. Mm. Um, I think you're right. So you just talked about why you wanted to be a litigator, but um, I think you were talking a little bit more about the specific area of litigation. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about how you decide litigation and how not one of the other areas of law. Uh, I'm probably not a very good model for this because the only thing I've ever done is litigation. I never did a corporate rotation in my summer. So you just never gave yourself options? Never gave myself <laughs> options. I was like, I want to pigeonhole myself, <laughs> and I want to pigeonhole myself even more by doing a specialty area. Perfect. Um, no, I just, I always knew, like, I liked the back and forth. I didn't have a lot of lawyers in my family. I grew up with, you know, law and order was my model. Nice. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to be in court, and that's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. So 
just always knew that was what interested right. me. What's the best thing about your job? The rush. The rush that you get when there's like a filing coming up, it's an emergency, especially like in my area, mm -hmm. everything is like catastrophically going wrong and you are there helping the client like put it all together and sometimes literally running to court to, you know, try and get the relief that you know your client needs. No, that's, that's the worst thing about your job. Uh, I'm sure once I have children, I'll say the rush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just, uh, let me think about that. Want to come back to yeah. it? Yeah, okay. Let, me, let right. me come back to it. So, I understand that work can ebb and flow a little bit as a litigator. Mm -hmm. So, But on, in generally speaking, how many hours would you work a week? So, my practice is binary. It's all or nothing. Mm -hmm. um, I was probably working... Did you mean billing or working? Working. Hours in the office. Okay, so I was in the office in the month of July, including weekends. I worked, I think, every day. Mm -hmm. And I would say that I averaged between 8 a.m. and 10 or 11 o'clock at night, on average. Mm -hmm. Like, there were some all-nighters. But then in August, like this month, I've maybe been averaging 9 to 5, 9 to 6, yeah. and no weekends. So it Great. really changes. So, do you feel like you're adequately compensated for those amount of time that you're spending in the office? I do. Good. I feel like we make a lot of money and we're lucky. Excellent. Um, so, compared, so you work in the Toronto market mm -hmm. on Bay Street. So, as a fourth year associate there, um, how do how do your earnings compare to associates in other markets? Maybe fourth years. Like Montreal, higher, Calgary. Or? Yeah, higher, lower. Uh, high, I'd say we're probably the highest. I'd expect that we're the highest in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, I still think I don't make as much as a first or second year lawyer in New York. Like, okay. They make a lot more money. Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay, good. What parts of your personality do you think have contributed toward your success? Um, so, I'd say the parts of my personality that have contributed toward my success are maybe, and I think this is true for anyone, it's uh, traits that are unique amongst other lawyers. So what makes, what makes me successful is a lot different than what makes my colleagues successful. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, I think it's I'm, I'm friendly, I'm easygoing, I at least appear to be easygoing for the most part. Um, I'm easy to go along with. I think, I think that sometimes when lawyers are looking down a list of you know, people at the firm to contact, they're like, okay, Catherine is, you know, reasonable, mm -hmm. and she'll give me an honest answer, I'll give her a call. Okay. Um, what personality traits do you think that you could improve in terms of furthering your career? I definitely think I need to get a better game face, which okay. kind of goes along with my friendliness and openness. I need to, there, there, there are times when you need to, you know, play it tough. And I am. I still work on getting that tough face going. Nice. Thanks. <laughs> it's good to recognize that so quickly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when you're when you're quote unquote like nice in law, yeah. you can get beat up a lot. So it's kind of you know you come back, you come back, you come back, yeah. and it's like okay, I need to work on that. So maybe it's just some time spent in front of the mirror in the bathroom. Exactly. Figuring it out. Yeah. Yell um, at my husband. Practice. <laughs> practice on him. How have your responsibilities as an associate changed um, from year one to year four? So in year one, most of my responsibilities were small things, you know, maintaining service lists, drafting, doing first drafts of things. Okay. Um, 
that's evolved over time, and now I farm out of drafting to other people, and I'm in a more supervisory role. Uh, I have a lot more client contact. Um, you know, it's so it's gone. It's gone more from kind of being me with the pen and paper to me with different groups of people. You know, working with students, working with juniors, working with senior people, and finally working with the client. Mm -hmm. um, I get a lot more uh, variety now. Good. And how do you see it evolving into the future? So say from year five to year. Uh, well, hopefully, I'm hoping that uh, someday soon I'll get to run my own small file, okay. and I think that would be uh, that would be exciting. So that and that would be a big change, not having anyone kind of watching over you. Mm -hmm. I have a lot less of that now. Sometimes it's a little bit scary, and I'm sure that you know, in small progression, I'll eventually get there. Nice. Um, so you alluded to farming out some of your work. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of work would you give a student? I try and give students a lot of responsibility. I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, a lot of opportunities. Um, so I will draft. I've, I've farmed out entire factums before. So oh. take a take a crack at drafting the whole thing. Uh, I've given out smaller things like pieces of factums. You know, discrete research projects, larger research projects. Uh, it really runs the gamut, but mostly research and writing. Okay. Why did you want to be a lawyer? I don't know. When I was in grade 10, I did like this program at Queen's University where you could go for like a week and pretend to be a student. And I randomly picked the, the law class as the one to learn, and I thought it was really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I like the idea. Obviously, I don't do this, but I love in my actual practice. But I really liked the idea of, you know, helping, you know, helping the little guy or helping someone solve a problem, which I guess okay. I do do. You do. Here, yeah. Um, so I guess like when I was in grade ten, in my head I was defending criminals, and now I'm you know helping businesses. Yeah, well that's the law and order influence. Exactly right. Yeah. So if you <laughs> if you had a different career, mm -hmm. what would it be? Hmm. Well, I always think if I wasn't a lawyer at a law firm, I would be in house counsel somewhere. Okay. But that's still law. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, how does that differ? in your mind, being an in-house counsel? Well, in-house counsel is, uh, so I did an undergraduate in business. Okay. Um, and to me, in-house counsel, if the role is, is a good role, you're helping people with more um, with more of their business problems. Mm -hmm. We try and do that here all the time. You know, what, what does the client need to do from a business standpoint? Yeah. But I think in-house, it's much more geared towards that and, you know, helping them come up with solutions that aren't just law-related, that are more business-related. I think that's really interesting. I'd probably be in business generally if I wasn't a lawyer. Right. Do you think there's a lot of skills that transition from what you do now to that sector? Um, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know if, I'm sure it's not just being a litigator, but you're constantly negotiating with people, you know. Problem solving. Problem solving, yeah. And availability, sort of all those key ones. Yeah, working with a team. Yeah. Still got to work on that game face if you're in that. I know, order. tough, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, tell me about one mistake you made and how you fixed it and how it improved you as a lawyer. Well, I mean, in first year, I feel like I made every mistake there was. Like, yeah. it was... Uh, and I think that's important for people to hear because I know even me personally, um, I, you, you kind of, you're trepidatious about making the mistakes because you want to make that great impression. But yeah. inevitably, it's not within your control all the time and you're doing things for the first time. So right. um, I think it's good to hear from someone who's had success that go ahead and make a mistake and this is how it can actually benefit you. 
Right. Well, if not getting fired after four years is the mark of success, <laughs> I am indeed successful. We're sitting here. <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, yeah, I, like I said, I, I used to make a lot of mistakes. And I think I used to get this feeling like my throat would get really hot when I realized, mm -hmm. like, oh, God, I've done something horribly wrong. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and it wasn't until maybe third year, I was like, I haven't felt that feeling in, like, a year. And I was like, oh, I think I've made it through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not going to give myself a heart attack. Okay. Um, but I think that, like... Learning from those mistakes, I think a lot of, and I see it every year with summer students and articling students, people come in and they're kind of like, you know, they think they're awesome, and they are, mm -hmm. um, but you know, maybe a little cocky, okay. and I think the sooner you learn to be humble and to be open and to say, you know, I've made this mistake, or even better, like earlier on, I, I don't know how to do this thing you asked me to do that I'm sure is very simple. Mm -hmm. um, really goes a long way towards not pissing off the people who are reviewing your work. Good. Gives them a lot more patience. Yeah. Um, there's obviously like, you can't take that too far and ask for help for everything. Of course. Um, but I think being humble is, is really helpful. And, and knowing that, from my experience anyway, lawyers are very open to answering your questions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to pick your spots a little bit, but yeah. the help is there. So yeah. seeking it out at the right time is good. Yeah. Okay, speaking very generally, how, what challenges does being a lawyer present for your personal life? Well, I, I'm lucky in that for, as of now, I don't have like a family or anything. Um, and I have a husband who's really, really supportive, which okay. I think is key. Um, but the, the hardest part is, for me, is like the lack of control. Because I think every lawyer probably is a little bit of a control freak. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, making dinner plans for your best friend's birthday and at 7.30 realizing that you're not going to make your 7 o'clock reservation and you know, you've kind of abandoned them. Yeah. Uh, that sort of thing. Like the uncertainty is really killer. Okay. And so on the other side, again speaking generally, mm -hmm. what um, opportunities does being a lawyer create for your life outside of law? You know, making as much money as we do, there's, there's a lot of comforts that, that comes with that. Like, I don't have time to clean my house, that's fine, I have a housekeeper. Mm -hmm. You know, the stuff that I don't want to do, I for the most part don't have to do. Yeah. Uh, we have money to travel. Um, you know, it, it really does afford you a nice lifestyle if you can, provided you can live within the means. Um, and that's been really nice. Okay. What's the worst thing about your job? Okay, the worst thing about my job is, is, is feeling like you can do more, but not yet being given the opportunity to do so. Oh, interesting. And, yeah, I'm running into that right now. I'm, I, it's a, I'm working on this massive file. It's worth so much to the clients that there's no way they're going to let a fourth year argue, you know, an important motion. Mm -hmm. um, but I know I could do it. I know I would do a great job. I draft all the materials. I know the facts inside and out. I know the law inside and out. And I'm dying to get up there and, like, put my case before the judge. And I know that, you know, the partner who's who I'm working with kind of joke, yeah, you know, if you dye your hair gray, maybe you'll have a chance. But yeah. <laughs> until then, you know, your second chair. Yeah. And that's fine. And I know at a smaller shop, there'd be smaller files and I'd have more opportunity to be first chair. Mm -hmm. um, but right now, that's the biggest challenge. Good. Okay. One thing that you would have done differently, mm -hmm. and I'm going to ask you the same question, but at three different stages in your career development. Okay. So during law school. I wouldn't have stressed out about my grades so much. Okay. Things worked out fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, clerking? 
there's nothing I would change. It was a yeah. great, yeah, it was the perfect it's a great experience for you. Was, yeah, and it really worked out well for me, so. I think one thing we should clear up, if, if you clerk, mm -hmm. does that count as your um, articling time, or do you have to also article somewhere? It, it does, at least in Ontario, at least when I did in 2009, 2010. Right. Uh, like I know in BC, I think you still have to do four months of articling somewhere, and mm -hmm. I think in Calgary it's, or in Alberta it's the same. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it takes the place of articles. Okay. And then, same question, but as a first year associate? I would have been more humble. I would okay. have like taken the chance to sit back and watch more and, mm -hmm. and learn, rather than thinking that I probably knew how it was going to be and I was going to do a great job. All right, we're going to take those same three time frames. Mm -hmm. but this time the question is, one piece of advice mm -hmm. coming from you as the seasoned fourth year <laughs> to someone in law school? One piece. Sorry, at each point? or Yeah, let's talk about law school first. So one piece of advice for someone there. Um, really make the effort to make friends and get a great social network because I don't remember a lot of what I learned in law school, but I still have a lot of really close friends. I actually met my husband through some of my law school friends. So I feel like I really owe my law school social life to my current situation. <laughs> and articling, an articling student? Uh, articling. Or clerking. Or, or clerking, yeah. Um, you don't, don't worry so much about, about making the big mistakes. I mean, I know you will, and you will be worried about it because every time you do something wrong, you're worried you're going to, this is it, you're not going to get hired back. Um, but, you know, work hard and... This is bad advice. Let me think about that. Let me think about it and move on. So what's the first okay. year one? And then same thing. So one piece of advice for someone as a first year associate. Be open to learning. You know, okay. Find someone that you can really rely on. And you know what? That's actually probably my same advice for articling. Like, yeah. Just carry it through. I think first year is very similar to articling and clerking. Like, yeah. You're still a baby. You still don't really know what's going on. Good. How do you feel? Good. Thanks for your time. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having Excellent. me. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. This is the Law School Show.